Good morning, this is Marcus Robinson for you Chicago Bears, and you're listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. Scrolling for September 11th, 2018. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip Hassenflo. We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. And if you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. You know, September 11th, 17 years ago, Chip. It's hard to imagine. That is amazing, isn't it? 17 years. Yes, yes. My um, my my wife at the time was going through labor mm-hmm. during that entire uh, day. And my daughter was born early in the morning the, the next morning. My son was born in February right after that. So my wife was walking around being pregnant. And I thought, wow, the world is changing. It is amazing. And this is an incredibly interesting generation mm-hmm. because they are the aftermath yeah. uh, of that. They went through the Great Recession, all that other fun stuff. That, um, uh, But this was sort of a, a day that, that the universe changed, mm-hmm. at least for, for our generation that's right and yeah we talk about the older generation going through world war ii a day that will live in infamy this is ours for sure definitely so anyway um i don't know how you remember this day other than just acknowledge that this happened this atrocity happened on american soil yep and for me i try to share that with the students in my school and try to help them understand but just like pearl harbor for us they don't understand they weren't there you're you're absolutely right. But as um, there was this wonderful book, I think it came from Missouri, that basically talked about September 12th, and he goes, "We knew everything was going to be okay." Mm-hmm. It was uh, a, a group of, of drawings and a story from a teacher put together from her class, and they knew the next day the sun rose. Yep. They knew the next day the food was there. They knew the next day that life goes on, and that's a that's a beautiful sentiment. Life went on. We have survived. Uh, and as a friend of mine who was a professor at Georgetown pointed out, for 27 of the 30 years he's been alive, the U.S. has been at war. I should go. tell you something. Film at 11. Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. You got to see international intrigue and and people running around and getting things done. This is Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. It's on Amazon Prime. Tell me all about it. Steve, it, it stars Jim Halpert from <laughs> The Office. Uh, when he left uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania, he got to play this character. After he was in The Quiet Place. He was. He yeah. was in The Quiet Place. I actually watched that again this week. Uh, <laughs> Um, but anyway, this is um, this is on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Prime member, you have access to this. All you need to do is log in to watch it. Mm-hmm. And what an incredible uh, run! It's eight, eight episodes. I was watching maybe two a night okay. to get through it. And oh, this is beautiful. This really is uh, a, a good story. I felt if I'm going to give you a critique of it, maybe two episodes too long. Okay, I'm going to ask that. In the future, if they're going to make shows, this is Netflix and Amazon style, mm-hmm. that they tell the story versus 
you know, fitting into eight episodes. Because contractually, this is probably a, goes back to the money instead of the narrative. Sure. Contractually, there's probably some number of minutes that have to exist to get paid for this. And maybe that's, some of that's filler. Well, in fact, let me go ahead and give you the, the filler that we could cut out. Mm-hmm. There's a story about an army base, or I think it's an army base. It's at, right outside Las Vegas. And there was a gentleman... Uh, what they were trying to show is that war has been gamified. We've got a couple of soldiers who are sitting in front of monitors. There are drones flying overhead in the Middle East. They get a person of interest that they are told to, to shoot down. Um, and they basically, through the drone, basically shoot down this person. This person's dead. They, mm-hmm. they recognize at one point they have a, a, a mistake. I can tell you all this because we could have cut this entire story out. Mm-hmm. You know, the situation where he got beat up the situation where he took too much risk the situation where he goes and says they they find out they killed somebody incorrectly he goes to the middle east to say i'm sorry to the father of the person that he killed okay this was while certainly a meaningful story certainly telling something was not meaningful to this ultimate narrative okay uh the story that of the jack ryan uh they went through paris they they um, went in, they ended up getting the bad guy. They had a great bad guy in this, a, a very good story. Uh, it, it deals with uh, biological weapons and weaponizing people. I really ate this up. Okay. I really ate this up. This will come into play, by the way, a little bit later when we start talking about our book of the week. Hmm. Because um, I also got to, to explore these same themes in our book of the week. So I recommend it. Uh, I would probably say 70, 75 out of 100. Very good. We both have been still intrigued by the series Castle Rock on Hulu. It is wrapping up tomorrow night, so we're going to talk about it next week. But man, if you are not watching Castle Rock on Hulu, I cannot tell you anything about it but you should be watching castle rock in fact we're going to discuss it next week because this is a real this is what television was meant to be mm-hmm. we are in a renaissance and we're in the greatest time in fact not a renaissance it's not a rebirth this is the greatest time for you know streaming television if you like television you like movies entertainment this is the greatest time for this if you're a stephen king fan uh-huh. go ahead and get your hulu um i think it's 7.99 a month you, you a free will... trial and watch it we've got the free trial in the show notes oh well there you go then yeah. you can watch it with without any uh challenge uh-huh. at all and all of them are very good and you can also see the other stephen king um, series that we we reviewed mm-hmm. 11 yes and we don't recommend that one nearly as highly as castle rock castle rock is very special those of you who are my twin peaks people those of you who loved twin peaks the return last year you need to be watching castle rock especially for episode nine that happened last week it is very very reminiscent of Twin Peaks. And I'm just going to say, if you like Stephen King, or you like... And, and that's, it doesn't have to be scary, scary. This is sort of a... There's something mysterious going yeah. on. It is suspenseful. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is very good. There's so, some blood and gore going on. It is very Stephen King-ish. All right. So we'll, we'll talk way more about it next week. If you have anything that you'd like to share with us, please give us an email or a call, because we'd love to hear from you. Now, Steve, you got to watch something that I want to see. Yes. Everybody should be seeing somewhere on their TV or renting it or going to the theater. There's a documentary called RBG. This is the amazing life of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is one of our Supreme Court justices well tell us a little bit about her because to be a supreme court justice 
you um, are basically appointed for your life. Mm -hmm. And uh, that gives you a lot of freedom to truly be who you are. To get through that political process is pretty amazing. To get to that point, Ruth Bader Ginsburg went through that process and the documentary here explains all of her history of getting there, how she went before the Supreme Court with four different cases in the 60s and 70s. And it goes through all of that work that she did to get in the seat to be nominated to be a justice and all the work she's done since. This is a phenomenal view of this character of this human. So tell me a little bit about the cases she brought before the Supreme Court back in the 70s. Her focus mostly was on equal rights legislation because at the time that was a big push in the United States. Yeah, we remember the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment that was brought forth and it basically talked a little bit about, um, in fact last week when we talked a little bit about Playboy and we talked about National Lampoon's kind of maybe a little bit of the sexism, although Mm -hmm. Playboy would would claim that they are uh, the forefronter of women's rights. Right. We very much, we were in a very male-dominated world at that time that uh, seems to be changing now. And it certainly changed as a result of what was happening at that time in the 60s and 70s and what Ruth Bader Ginsburg was able to do as a lawyer, bringing these cases to the court and changing the laws so that we can find more equality. Maybe we're not there yet. Maybe equality's not quite there yet, but we have gone big strides in our lifetime. Sure. The other uh, Supreme Court justice that was um, maybe the opposite of Ruth Bader Ginsburg was uh, Scalia, uh-huh. and uh, he passed away um, not, not too long was ago. It two years now? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But Ginsburg and uh, Scalia were good friends, so yes. tell us a little bit about oh, that. Oh my goodness, the friendship there. They are the, the real odd couple. There's so many great scenes in this documentary of the two of them interacting, and how very different their opinions were, but they were focused on a singular goal of making Making the country the best they could possibly make it through the means that they had in the Supreme Court. Sure. Very interesting story about her going on vacation with him and the two of them riding an elephant together. And they have the photograph of the two of them on an elephant with Scalia at the top in the middle and Justice Ginsburg kind of hanging off the back of the elephant just a little bit. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody riding an elephant, but the seat is a little bit toward the, uh, the, the action end of the elephant. And the joke was, yeah, we needed to balance the elephant. And so the weight distribution had to be very careful. <laughs> And they laughed together. This was a a scene between two real friends. And and it's amazing to think of these characters on the Supreme Court, how how real they are, how much of a human batch of people are making these judgments. They are not politicians. Well, in fact, that's that's a good point, is that they are humans, and they are people and they have all the the challenges of being a person, Mm -hmm. but they also are given, they're, they're very gifted people. And they have, they've been hired or elected. Appointed. For, yeah, for their ability mm-hmm. to think, hopefully, when I say objectively. The, the, That's the goal. Well, not just objective. They, 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 they have, you know, whatever baggage they carry with them mm-hmm. or 
tendencies they have. But, Perspective. But, but they're looking at uh, interpreting things mm-hmm. and ultimately f- what they think is for the betterment of the of society. So the, the balancing out the idea of the philosophy and the, um, the actual how something could run. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is fascinating. I look forward to seeing this. Steve, do you recommend this? Absolutely. This is one of those documentaries that I do recommend. It is not just a chronology. This is a narrative. The characters in the story of of Ruth Bader Ginsburg are fascinating characters. This is a fascinating documentary. Now, you also got to see a, a movie that I've seen quite a few times. And we've talked about so many times, and I've never actually seen Saving Mr. Banks from 2013 until this week. And this gets to star Tom Hanks. This is Tom Hanks and Emma Thompson. Yes. And they are playing Walt Disney and P.L. Travers, and the woman who wrote Mary Poppins, and... and kept it from Walt Disney for 20 years. The the conversation that's had there is she really wanted to protect these characters and Disney really wanted to let these characters be in the public and help people make a better world with these characters. No animation, Steve. No animation. No animation and no songs. Those were her two things that she said. No music. This is not a musical and no animation. And guess what? Guess what? Mary Poppins has both. And what I I think my favorite part of this movie Mm -hmm. um, was the part where Walt Disney is sitting in Travers, um, basically her living room, Mm -hmm. and he's telling the story of growing up in, I think, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And it's a touching story because what you recognize there is the reality of Disney's experience and this ideal that he created, this, this dream world he created at Disney. The happiest place on earth that Walt Disney invented because he had so many struggles getting there and he wanted to make this utopia. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So anyway, I really enjoyed this. I think you enjoyed I, it equally I as well. very, very much enjoyed this film. I'm sorry that I hadn't seen it five years ago when it came out. Uh, this one, I think, is going to stand up the t- to the test of time because it's a period piece, because it is is a snapshot of that time. The acting is amazing in this. Exactly. It also starred BJ from The Office. So if you ever wanted to know what he was doing before he got to The Office, right. it seems like he was writing some music for the uh, as a Sherman brother. That's right. Excellent. Excellent film. Go go find that one. Steve, do you have any movies for Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> to watch this week? Oh, I'm so excited. The Predator is opening in theaters this weekend. The Predator, Steve. The Predator, as opposed to Predator, which is the movie from 1987. This is The Predator, but this is really a sequel to that first film from 31 years ago. Steve, we should have my mother strudel whilst we're watching it. <laughs> this is... this. You should go see this trailer. Those of you who have not clicked on this trailer yet, go to our show notes, click on this trailer. This is my favorite trailer so far for movies of 2018. All right, so this is very much a, a 1980s action film. Yes. It, it In all the bad ways and in all the good ways, this is a bunch of ragtag soldiers, former soldiers who are suffering PTSD and other mental ailments who then are thrown into this situation with this alien invasion. Now, the writer and the director of this film also has a relationship to the original Predator. Tell us about that. That's right. Shane Black, who wrote and directed this movie, was one of the soldiers in the original Predator in 1987. Did he survive, Steve? Uh, No. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, he did not. So he came back as a ghost to write the movie. He's a ghost writer now, yes. So <laughs> this this has all of the action tropes from the 80s in it. It's got all the casual swearing that I look forward to in an action movie from that time and from our current trope of action films. It's got the crazy guy. It's, the only thing this is missing is Bruce Campbell. There is one character in here who I swear is a stereotype of what Bruce Campbell would have done had he been in Predator. Well, this seems like very much the marvelization of yeah, oh, the Predator. Yeah. Yes. And it looks like it's going to set up a whole bunch of sequels. I am very excited. Well, this is the sixth Predator movie. Well, Steve, I know what you're saying, but this is the modern one. Get to the chopper. (laughs) We've got a uh, really dark look at who we are and identity in our next movie. It's called A Simple Favor. This is directed by Paul Figg, starring Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. This looks really good. Mm-hmm. And the idea is Anna Kendrick's character ends up befriending maybe a neighbor mm-hmm. who seems like the ideal superwoman. Yep. And uh, they go and they have martinis during the day and all of a sudden and then she disappears. Uh-huh. And we don't know why she disappears, but what we're told is you don't want to know her past. Yes. So something's going on. Something is there. So this is looks very much Twilight Zone-ish. Very Twilight Zone, maybe very Alfred Hitchcock. This is sure. who was this person? Why did she disappear? How did she disappear? I look forward to this one. This looks great. There is a sequel to Unbroken. Remember that movie from 2014 directed by Angelina Jolie? Well, she's not directing the sequel, but the sequel is called Unbroken Path to Redemption. It is based on on the second book from the original author of Unbroken. And this is about the Olympian who was a prisoner of war, and uh, this is the follow-up after he got back. So this this looks interesting. I probably will watch this streaming if I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Gary Cole is in it. Oh, excellent. We like Gary Cole. (laughs) Yes. Do the TSP. I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday. That's right. Or better yet, from, uh, was it Blockers? Where he's playing the, uh, the, the the games with his wife. Yes. Oh, yes. Gary Cole is like one of my favorite actors. He's also Mike Brady, Steve. Yes, that's right. I forgot uh. about that. So, yeah, I look forward to that one. My 12-year-old came up to me this morning and said, I would really like to see White Boy Rick. This is a movie that's um, coming out on Friday. Um, yes. It's got Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey is Steve, on Steve, I've I'm, I'm, uh, got my finger on I'm, I'm going to be driving, driving a Lincoln, Lincoln there. This is the story of a teenager who became an undercover informant for the FBI in the 1980s in the middle of some huge drug trafficking happening around This takes him. place in Detroit, Steve. In 1984. Which basically means that this is a great place to film because you can blow up entire blocks. <laughs> no one will notice. It's terrible. It's oh, terrible. Well, well, the deal Detroit is, will come back. Uh, of course it is. It's coming back now. Oh, yeah. my, my point is they still have blocks and blocks and blocks that yeah. lots of movies can be... Uh, made yeah this looks like a good one go click on the trailer for that one there is a movie called the children act this is once again emma thompson one of the greatest actors of our time right now and stanley tucci they are playing a judge and her husband who are in the middle of uh, a crumbling marriage while there's a huge case going on in the judge's chambers all right so the, the boy um that's being discussed in this is um uh, it needs a blood transfusion mm-hmm. to potentially save his life. He's ref- re- refusing it on religious grounds. Mm-hmm. So what this is really is um, a story about a philosophical puzzle. Mm-hmm. Do you allow a person to die 
when they could be potentially saved through something that we would say is so easy. And if they don't want to be saved, what's the moral high ground there? Do we go with their morality or do we go with, no, we can save you? Well, there you go. That, this looks puzzle. like an interesting film. I'll, I'll end up seeing this. Yeah. it's a, Again, Emma Thompson. I'll watch just about anything with Emma Thompson in it. So, so Kristen Stewart's back. She's got a Tortino's uh, advertisement. <laughs> Tortinos, Tortinos, you and your Saturday Night Live, I swear you have never seen this program in your life and you talk about it every day. Well, somehow I know a lot about a show I don't watch, Steve. If you have no idea what we're talking about, go to our show notes. He's got the clip in there. There's a Totino's spoof on Saturday Night Live with Kristen Stewart. And, uh, boy, it, it goes in a different direction than, you, than you're expecting. Two, two young ladies find themselves baking tortina, uh, tortinas. <laughs> All right, Steve, which brings us to Lizzie, the, yes. bo- uh, the, the, the I guess the stretching act, uh, acting role <laughs> that Kristen Stewart is going to have. A lot of staring into the camera and not saying anything. That's Kristen Stewart's acting style. Lizzie is the story of Lizzie Borden, the, the infamous 1892 murders and the the motivation of uh, a young lady to well kill her whole family there, there you go steve um if that wasn't exciting enough let's go with the next movie yep. this is the angel this is with um with netflix yes this is a netflix story the angel this is the true story of the fight between egypt and israel in the late 20th century So as Alec Guinness would say, from a certain point of view, Steve. Yeah, if you read some of the comments about this one, you'll see that the point of view is in question here. This is very much on Israel's side, and uh, I don't know why Hollywood would do that and not be on the Egyptian side of the story. The the point is, is anytime you're watching history, you're watching it, and especially watching foreign history, Mm -hmm. you you, you take that on as truth. This should be an interesting story because there is uh, an interesting story to be told during Mm -hmm. that time. Very much in the Jack Ryan um, uh, series that, that we reviewed earlier. Yeah. In. So anyway, this would be a good follow-up to that if you want like that. Steve, but the really interesting thing comes on Netflix this week, and that's the randomness of our friend Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald has a show. E-I-E-I-O. That's right. That is the title of Norm MacDonald's new Netflix series. It is a talk show. There, I believe there are 10 episodes with 10 very important guests who he's bringing on to talk about things and then to completely disrail with his Norm MacDonald-ness. Exactly. <laughs> now, we, we did see some of the people who were going to be interviewed. Yes. We have a beard that's being interviewed that somehow is attached to uh, David Letterman. On the front of David Letterman, the beard is being interviewed. <laughs> That's right. We it's have so uh, Chevy Chase. Yes. And then we, we have a whole bunch of others. And there, there were lots of people. Drew Barrymore is uh, oh, yes. pointedly asked about her drug use. Oh, yes. And just completely thrown off by the question, as Norm MacDonald is apt to do. That is his style. It's very interesting that Netflix is putting this on after they've thrown out all of the other comedy shows that they've, they've ended, the talk shows, on Netflix. So not quite as random as Zach Galifianakis between two firms, but, uh, but right almost there. Pretty close. Pretty close. Norm MacDonald, I think, invented Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> <laughs> we should look that up. Very interesting. I, I probably will watch it, and oh, yes. I probably will be annoyed at the randomness factor of Norm MacDonald. Book it, book it, book it. Book it, book it, book it. Book it. Book it. 
brings us to our book at our book of the week. You have been reading, you're a history buff. You enjoy reading about history. I enjoy learning about mm-hmm. um, times in history because I recognize that, you know, what happened in the past, unless you are exposed to it or were around, even if you were around, you, you get whatever the propaganda is at, at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives us a perspective. It gives us a way of looking at what happened in the past with the, with the hope of trying to prevent stuff like that from happening in the future. Right. So this is a, the interesting book that I read this week, and it's called Operation Paperclip, the secret intelligence program that brought Nazi scientists to America. And this was written in 2014 by Annie Jacobson. So you'll have to tell me all about bringing Nazis to America. All right. So the National Socialists, that's in fact, throughout the entire um, book, she refers to them as National Socialists. Hmm. So that's, that was a party right. that, that became uh, Nazis. Shortened, yeah. Now this was, um, after World War II, w- was ending. We knew the war was, was going to be won. Germans, um, at that point, were started panicking. There were lots and lots of science programs going on. And this is right before the Cold War is starting. So these scientists recognizing the atrocities that were performed on humans. So if you were a chemical scientist mm-hmm. looking at chemical warfare, you were testing on humans. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, they did tests on, on all sorts of gases. Mm-hmm. They did uh, tests on, like, Steve, we just dropped you in this freezing water. How long will Steve live? Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, what is going on with Steve during this time? And they're, they're documenting this. Right. Um, and we also talked about, you know, rockets and war machines and things of that nature, how they were being built, how they were being hid from, you know, it'd be like a farmhouse. This is all built under, under, uh, underground. And, you know, they had workers there that they were expecting to live, I think it was 30 or 60 days. Wow. And, and the reason, you know how they became secret uh, programs? Because they were slaves. Mm-hmm. And businesses were making agreements to take on these slaves wow. and work them. And, you know, when they're, when they're slaves and they're only going to last that long, how well do you treat them? Well, we get a lot of stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And we t- start talking a little bit about these scientists. Some of them were remorseful, but many of them uh, felt they were superstars. And uh, how they were treated when they came to the United States and how they made the agreements. If they had a thousand scientists that were brought over, over a thousand, there were many of them were given one year, um, sorry, one month um, contracts. Mm-hmm. They were extended to six months. If they survived that point and, and were able to continue, they would bring over their families. Okay, but the deal was is they never went to Nuremberg to go on trial. Mm-hmm. And if they went to Nuremberg to go on trial, they would have been convicted. That was, the, that was if you're not familiar with that, that's where they were trying the uh, leadership. And these people were, were not good people. They, they were really, they were in charge of atrocities. But we saw how much science they did and we wanted to harvest their minds and, and brought them to America to maybe solve some of these problems. That's right. And this is the story on, on how they did that mm-hmm. because notes were being uh, burned. Um, they were being hidden. Uh, and, they, and these scientists, many of them were using this as chips to be able to to get somebody because they, they had a choice either the Soviets were going to take them on, or the the ultimately United States was going to take them on because that those were the the big combatants in the Cold War. Well, you know, the United States may not have been a superpower at the time, but became one because of that war, mm-hmm. and uh, they had to make choices. And you know, you're a German, you know, I mean, World War Two in many ways we could describe it as the German Soviet War. 
uh, because you know there were a lot of Americans who, who passed away and, mm-hmm. and were sad for that. And there were a lot of uh, of uh, French and a lot of British people who died, uh, passed away. But you start adding up the German soldiers, you go, wow, that was a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then you start adding up the Soviets, and it may be five times as many. Wow. I mean, there's just no. I mean, the graph that they show the dead, the Soviets paid for this war in death wow and what was so amazing about it was i mean what what we got from that is how punishing the soviets were to the germans you know in east germany Mm -hmm. um they punished those people and in fact not only do they punish those people think about the block of uh of countries they continue to hold on to Mm -hmm. as a buffer between soviet motherland and uh, and and between the them and in the West, yeah, this is a uh, fascinating story. It talks a lot about the morals, about the gray areas that we went into. It talks legally about how we uh, or the military circumvented this because we recognized that the Cold War was happening and we needed these technology. We had arguments in this book that, that said we already had some of this technology that we did not need them to do this. Um, and it also, um, ultimately, this, this is a story of truth. This is, many times when you're dealing with Project Paperclip, you're dealing with, you know, like ancient aliens or Area Sasquatch. You know, they start going X-Files into... X-Files stuff. Yeah, it goes X-Files level. Okay, mm-hmm. this is not X-Files. This is what really, you know, from a reporter's standpoint mm-hmm. or researcher's standpoint, what really went on. This is a fascinating um, attempt to, to put that in perspective. I did not have this knowledge beforehand. I knew kind of, you know, a little bit, but certainly not, you know, Tom Hanks' uh, film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from a few years ago, dealt with Project Paperclip. I, I left with more knowledge of, uh, of this subject, and I, I'm glad I, I'm better for it. So if you have interest in World War II, if you have interest in Project Paperclip, and, uh, you know, how our aerospace um how we became a superpower. I mean, sure. we, we borrowed from the minds of these people. The other interesting part that I, I will tell you is that we get companies named in there. These were companies that were working with the Germans. These companies are still around today. Mm-hmm. It is, Makes it, you it's, think. It's, it still is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Germans are, and, and my, my fascination with this subject is the Germans are a people not any different than everyday Americans. Correct. Okay. What triggered them to do such atrocities? What list of in, of things cascaded into this horrible moment in history? And there's the the the, the question you asked for history mm-hmm. is um, that that's that's amazing that that is amazing that that ended up happening, and uh, it happened before us, Steve. This mm-hmm. was not this is not our history, right? We're the product of that history. Yeah, very much so. So anyway, fascinating book. There you Good go. Stuff. If you have any interest, go to our Amazon store, amazon.toomuchscrolling.com. Scroll with it. Brings us to our scroll with it. There's so many things happening in the news, Chip. Let's talk about almost none of them. There you go, Steve. <laughs> oh, boy, is there so much stuff going on. But one of the things that, that we need to acknowledge is the passing of Burt Reynolds at age 82. In fact, I think the Hertz was going to make a beer run to get some Coors. 
I think we're going to go up to Wisconsin and get some new Glarus. I think that's the new Coors. Because the story of Smokey and the Bandit was he was he was taking that beer and he was bootlegging it. It was illegal for him to take that beer that's here. Right. If we went up to Wisconsin and got a truckload of new Glarus and sold it down here in Illinois, we could be sued by new Glarus. Well, there we go. You know, just for the record... For the record, mm-hmm. that would be um, Spotted Cow. Yes. Okay. But, I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, Steve. We could go make a beer run to get Yingling, too, which That's is not true. sold here in Illinois, either. I don't know that we would be sued by Yingling if we sold that here in Illinois, though. Oh, I think so. You think there, so? There's, there's no distributor okay, here. Okay, so smoking the Bandit's a real thing. Because you could really still have a problem with beer and distribution. Smoking the Bandit was a classic of the 70s. It is definitely a product of its time. It is it is Sally Field and Burt Reynolds racing as fast as they possibly can and having interesting adventures. Now, he was also in the best little whorehouse in Texas. That's right, with Dolly Parton. That's right. And we also had a Hooper. Uh-huh. And the Cannonball Run. I love the Cannonball Run. Those it's, are fun movies. Oh, they're blast. Silly. Just silly, fun, adventurous movies. Well, movies that they allow the stunt drivers to go do yeah. some fun, allow the uh, comedians to kind of be paired up and have some fun. Uh-huh. And Steve, uh, even Arnold Schwarzenegger had something to say about our um, our, our Florida State uh, former football player. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger himself tweeted, Burt Reynolds was one of my heroes. He was a trailblazer. He showed the way to transition from being an athlete to being the highest paid actor, and he always inspired me. He also had a great sense of humor. My thoughts are with his family. That's beautiful. All right, that is beautiful. And um, a super fan, Jason Lee... Yeah, I've been waiting for Jason Lee to come out of the woodwork. He's kind of been in hiding the last five years or so. So who is Jason Lee? Jason Lee, you might remember My Name is Earl, the the guy with the big mustache. I remember a a show I didn't watch, Steve. Okay, you you do have a memory of it, though. He had a mustache because Burt Reynolds had a mustache. Jason Lee is the biggest Burt Reynolds fan that I know. He has mentioned Burt Reynolds in every production that he's been in, in one form or another. He had Burt Reynolds on My Name is Earl as a guest star. He was he is the biggest Burt Reynolds fan, but I haven't heard anything from Jason Lee in the in the last few weeks. And I, I hope that he is mourning and we'll see something come from him. Well, it's it's a good reminder that all those people that we grew up watching in movies, mm-hmm. they're starting to get older and they're starting to, to, to go away. Steve. Yeah. The that generation is certainly fading away and we are it's amazing how many of them are staying alive until their 80s and 90s now. Sure. It's amazing. We, we talked about that a few weeks ago with uh, Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner sure. showing us how to do it. But Burt Reynolds will be missed at age 82. Steve, something very exciting is happening in October. Tell us yes. about it. Finally, we finally have a premiere date for the new season of Doctor Who. Season 11 is going to premiere on Sunday, October 7th. Now, the interesting part of it is going to premiere around the world, Steve. Tell us a little bit about that. On Sunday, Chip. On Sunday, for the first time in 55 years, my show is not going to be on Saturday night. I don't know what I'm going to do with my Saturday night. Oh, Sven Gulli's still on. That's a, that's a pre- uh, preparation day, Steve. Yo. It's a preparation day. <laughs> Goodness. Yes, on Sunday, October 7th, they are premiering this Around the World simulcast, the same moment, Around the World, 24 time zones. So ours will be on around 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, October 7th. Well, that's one way to try to prevent bootlegs. 
Yeah, uh, uh, nobody in the Doctor Who universe would certainly be finding copies of Doctor Who around the world for the last uh, 15 years. Okay, uh, so the good news is that this show is coming back. The 13th Doctor herself is going to be on our TV screens, and in preparation... BBC America is running the entire series of New Who, the entire season, 10 seasons, for 13 days up until October 7th. So, Steve, um, that's a lot of sick days for you. Do you have that many sick days? I, I've seen all of these programs, oh, Chip. Oh. I've seen all of these programs. Well, oh, I'm so sorry, Steve. <laughs> well, the Twitch marathon over the summer where they did all the episodes of Classic Who on Twitch, the community tuned in quite often to watch those. I suspect we'll tune in quite often for these as well. That basically says, how do you got through summer being so pasty white, Steve? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the the marathon starts at 6 a.m. Eastern on September 25th. I'll remind you again in two weeks, Chip. Don't worry. Oh, thanks for the reminder, Steve. Another reminder. Tomorrow is another Apple event. It, they, they're they calling it Gather Round, or at least that's what the invitation said, was Gather Round for the 2018 event that may or may not show off new iPhones for Christmas. Well, there you go. The uh, the Gather Round, it takes place at the mothership at the new that, headquarters. That new round thing that they built. That oh, yeah, That looks like a spaceship landed in California. At the Steve Jobs Theater, Steve. That's right. They're going to be talking talking probably new ipads new iphones new um, ipods oh yes <laughs> no probably what's not this, what's this ipod probably thing? not no, what's podcasting it's when you take a peapod <laughs> <laughs> anyway um this is where apple announces basically what's going to happen mm-hmm. for the rest of the year their fourth quarter what is coming up what can we spend our money on i do look forward to this i do watch these live with my students in computer class because i think that it's kind of important Mm -hmm. that they get an idea of what is coming for the future of technology as i'm training them for their jobs of the future and and in many ways apple is the forerunner on the premium section Mm -hmm. of of these types of uh, services usually um there are plenty of of, uh, alternatives that are less expensive maybe less powerful and maybe this time we'll see a less powerful one from Apple. There are lots of rumors. There's always lots of rumors. But it's possible that they might have a lower range phone this time. My gut tells me they're going to introduce one that's more expensive. Well, they're trying to break into China and India. There's a lot of people out there that want to have that shiny gold object in their hands. All right, all right. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. To- it's happening tomorrow. We'll talk about it next week. I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next week, Steve. I think we can. We're going to talk about Castle Rock next week. We're going to talk about the Apple offerings. So if you have anything to add to our show, please email us. Our email is too much scrolling at gmail.com or just give us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. You can go to our website, too much scrolling.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio and every day of the week you can find all the news that you need on our news site news.toomuchscrolling.com I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling I'm Steve Fodor I'm Chip Hessenflo we'll see you in the future I just want to thank you for what I want to talk about what I want to talk about what I want to thank you for what I want to talk about